Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 163. In our episode today, we will continue in the book of Isaiah, and it begins with uh, the ending of a description of what's going to happen to the people, a warning about things, then it describes some really wonderful things, and then it goes back to a picture of Isaiah meeting God in a special vision, and we hear his response, woe to me, woe is me, or I've seen the holy God, what am I going to do? And in parallel to that, in our passage from Matthew 23, Jesus will pronounce seven woes on mostly the religious leaders of the day. And in doing so, each of us has an opportunity as we listen to this to think about how our lives either reflect an amazement and awe for God that leads us to worship him, or we might be shaken by the fact that we are so far from being like the holy God who has made us and given us life, that it would cause us to be like Isaiah, calling out to God for mercy and hearing God's gracious, loving response. And so I hope along with me today, you will find this uh, challenging, but also uh, quite encouraging and uh, upbuilding as we turn our hearts towards God. Let's start again then and pick it up in Isaiah chapter 4. Seven women will grab hold of one man at that time, and they will say, We will provide our own food, we will provide our own clothes, but let us belong to you. Take away our shame. At that time, the crops given by the Lord will bring admiration and honor. The produce of the land will be a source of pride and delight to those who remain in Israel. Those remaining in Zion, those left in Jerusalem, will will be called holy. All in Jerusalem who are destined to live. At that time, the Lord will wash the excrement from Zion's women. He will rinse the bloodstains from Jerusalem's midst as as he comes to judge and to bring devastation. Then the Lord will create over all Mount Zion and over its convocations a cloud and smoke by day and a bright flame of fire by night. Indeed, a canopy will accompany the Lord's glorious presence. By day, it will be a shelter to provide shade from the heat as well as safety and protection from from a heavy downpour. I will sing to my love a song to my lover about his vineyard. My love had a vineyard on a fertile hill. He built a hedge around it, removed its stones, and planted a vine. He built a tower in the middle of it and constructed a wine press. He waited for it to produce edible grapes, but it produced sour ones instead. So now, residents of Jerusalem, people of Judah, you decide between me and my vineyard. What more can I do for my vineyard beyond what I have already done? When I waited for it to produce edible grapes, why did it produce sour ones instead? Now I will inform you what I am about to do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge and turn it into pasture. I will break its wall and allow animals to graze there. I will make it a wasteland. No one will prune its vines or hoe its ground, and thorns and briars will grow there. I will order the clouds not to drop any rain on it. Indeed, Israel is the vineyard of the Lord of heaven's armies. The people of Judah are the cultivated place in which he took delight. 
He waited for justice, but look at what he got, disobedience. He waited for fairness, but look what he got, cries for help. Beware those who accumulate houses, who also accumulate field after field until there is no land left, and you are the only landowners remaining within the land. The Lord of heaven's armies told me this, many houses will certainly become desolate, large impressive houses will have no one living in them. Indeed, a large vineyard will produce just a few gallons, and enough seed to yield several bushels will produce less than a bushel. Beware those who get up early to drink beer, those who keep drinking long after dark until they are intoxicated with wine. They have stringed instruments, tambourines, flutes, and wine at their parties, so they do not recognize what the Lord is doing. They do not perceive what he is bringing about. Therefore, my people will be deported because of their lack of understanding. Their leaders will have nothing to eat. Their masses will have nothing to drink. So death will open up its throat and open wide its mouth. Zion's dignitaries and masses will descend into it, including those who revel and celebrate within her. Men will be humiliated. They will be brought low. The proud will be brought low. The Lord of heaven's armies will be exalted when he punishes. The holy God's authority will be recognized when he judges. Lambs will graze as if in their pastures amid the ruins of rich sojourners, which will graze. Beware those who pull evil along using cords of emptiness are as good as dead, who pull a sin with cart ropes. They say, let him hurry, let him act quickly so we can see. Let the plan of the Holy One of Israel take shape and come to pass, then we will know it. Beware those who call evil good and good evil, who turn darkness into light and light into darkness, who turn bitter into sweet and sweet into bitter. Beware those who think they are wise, those who think they possess understanding. Beware those who are champions at drinking, who display great courage when mixing strong drinks. They pronounce the guilty innocent for a payoff. They ignore the just cause of the innocent. Therefore, as flaming fire devours straw and dry grass disintegrates in the flames, so their root will rot and their flower will blow away like dust. For they have rejected the law of the Lord of heaven's armies. They have spurned the commands of the Holy One of Israel. So the Lord is furious with his people. He lifts his head and strikes them. The mountains shake. The corpses lie like manure in the middle of the streets. Despite all this, his anger does not subside, and his hand is ready to strike again. He lifts a signal flag for a distant nation. He whistles for it to come from the far regions of the earth. Look, they come swiftly and quickly. None tire nor stumble. They don't stop to nap or sleep. They don't loosen their belts or unstrap their sandals to rest. Their arrows are sharpened and all their bows are prepared. The hooves of their horses are as hard as flint and their chariot wheels are like a windstorm. Their roar is like a lion's. They roar like young lions. They growl and seize their prey. They drag it away and no one can come to the rescue. At that time, they will growl over their prey. It will sound like sea waves crashing against rocks. One will look over at the land and see the darkness of disaster. Clouds will turn the light into darkness. And in the year of King Isaiah's death, I, Isaiah, saw the Lord seated on a high, elevated throne. The hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs stood over him. Each one had six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and they used the remaining two to fly. 
they called out to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. His majestic splendor fills the entire earth. The sound of their voices shook the door frames and the temple was filled with smoke. I said, Woe to me, I am destroyed, for my lips are contaminated by sin, and I live among people whose lips are contaminated by sin. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. But then one of the seraphs flew toward me. In his hand was a hot coal he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Look, this coal has touched your lips. Your evil is removed. Your sin is forgiven. I heard the voice of the Lord say, Whom will I send? Who will go on our behalf? I answered, Here I am. Send me. He said, Go and tell these people. You listen continually, but don't understand. You look continually, but you don't perceive. Make the hearts of these people calloused. Make their ears deaf and their eyes blind. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Their hearts might understand and they might repent and be healed. I replied, How long, Lord? He said, Until cities are in ruins and unpopulated, and houses are uninhabited, and the land is ruined and devastated. And the Lord has sent the people off to a distant place, and the very heart of the land is completely abandoned. Even if only a tenth of the people remain in the land, it will again be destroyed, like one of the large sacred trees or an Asherah pole when a sacred pillar on a high place is thrown down. That sacred pillar pillar symbolizes the special chosen family. And we'll leave it here again for uh, the time being in Isaiah. And we'll move now to Matthew 23, where Jesus pronounces woes against the religious leaders of the day for various reasons, and most of them have to do with hypocritical observance of certain laws and ignoring the justice and the mercy that God has intended us to show to each other. And this reminds us of the holiness of God and the fact that even though we might look very well put together or look like we're really religious and good on the outside, There is a danger that we do not see what Isaiah recognized when he was standing in God's presence, that we in and of ourselves are sinful people, unholy, fit to be judged, and that's it, and in desperate need of the forgiving grace that was represented and symbolized by that coal from the altar of God in heaven. And so let's read these woes uh, from Jesus's lips, and as we hear these woes pronounced, uh, look for opportunities to see what it might be saying to our own hearts. Matthew 23. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The experts in the law and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, pay attention to what they tell you and do it, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy loads, hard to carry, and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing even to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by people, for they make their phylacteries wide and their tassels long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues and elaborate greetings in the marketplaces and to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. And call no one your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Nor are you to be called teacher, For you have one teacher, the Christ. 
The greatest among you will be your servant, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. But woe to you, experts in the law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites! You keep locking people out of the kingdom of God, of heaven, for you neither enter nor permit those trying to enter to go in. Woe to you, experts in the law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites! You cross land and sea to make one convert, and when you get one, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Woe to you, blind guides, who say, Whoever swears by the temple is bound by nothing, but whoever swears by the gold of the temple is bound by the oath. Blind fools, which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? And Whoever swears by the altar is bound by nothing, but if anyone swears by the gift on it, he is bound by the oath. You are blind, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? So whoever swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it, and whoever swears by the temple swears by it and the one who dwells in it, and whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and the one who sits on it. Woe to you, experts in the law! And you Pharisees, hypocrites, you give a tenth of mint, dill, and cumin, yet you neglect what is more important in the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have done these things without neglecting the others. Blind guides, you strain out a gnat, yet swallow a camel. Woe to you, experts in the law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup so that the outside may become clean too. Woe to you, experts in the law and you Pharisees, hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs that look beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of the bones of the dead and of everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you look like righteous people, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, experts in the law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites! You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have participated with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. By saying this, you testify against yourselves that you are descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your ancestors, you snakes, you offspring of vipers. How will you escape being condemned to hell? For this reason, I am sending you prophets and wise men and experts in the law, some of whom you will kill and crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town, so that on you will come all the righteous blood shed on earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Barakiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. I tell you the truth, this generation will be held responsible for all these things. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who are sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you would have none of it. Look, Your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me from now until you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord.
Jesus, with all these warnings, all these warnings to the most religious, the most righteous looking, the most morally uh, upright people of the day, it seemed, was basically saying that you, as people who think you're so good in and of yourselves, so righteous in and of yourselves, you are in danger not just in danger, but he says they're children of hell. He says that they are condemned to judgment by God. Why? Because they thought that in and of themselves, they could be good enough. They could perform enough. They could be holy enough. And they were seeking that holiness in a way that only could be given to them, not achieved, not performed. And that the only person who could do that eventually is the very person that they crucify, Jesus himself. That Jesus, the only perfectly righteous one, the only holy one, was willing to take the sin of those who turn to him and ask for forgiveness upon himself and become the one who makes them holy, who makes them righteous, who forgives them of their sins and gives them new life, all by grace, not performance, not by moral achievement, but by God's grace in and through Jesus. What an amazing Savior we have. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. There. You were always there, whispering the truth.